So Cameron. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my new standard opening. So it really is. I was just thinking that before you even said anything. Um, I do this recording at the same place where I work during the week because I work from home now. Uh-huh. Um, and I've never had a desk job before. Yeah. Like one where I just kind of sit at a desk. And um, I am currently surrounded by snacks. How fun. I've got a bunch of these. Ooh, those are little mini Kit Kats for those at home. Little, little mini Kit Kats, just like in a pile right here. And um, I have two rolls of... Ooh, Mentos, the fresh maker. But they're strawberry. strawberry which are the best can. Like, there just is. And this one is going to take some work to show you. I can't wait. It's huge. <sighs> Whole and juicy dried cranberries. Crazy. Yes, just... A Costco-sized bag of craisins. All right. And I literally, just while I'm working, I'm just sitting here, like, eating craisins. How fun. What else do I have here? Great for your kidneys. Some Dayquil. I have Dayquil because, you know, allergies. Um, Ooh, this is a fun one. My wife got this for me uh, for leaving my last job. Ooh, a Bob Ross Funko Pop. Is that a Funko Pop? It's not a Funko Pop. It's actually Hallmark brand. And if you press the button. <gasps> what does that say? I can't read it. It says, you're a masterpiece. <gasps> ah, thanks, Bob Ross. <laughs> Flash chance. I'm a masterpiece. Um, it's kind of weird. I've got my HTO from the other day. Uh-huh. I'm just kind of surrounded by like, because this is where I live. I spend more time at this spot than like any other. Yeah, I know when I worked my desk job, I tried to find, like, interesting things I could put on my desk. But, I mean, I worked in an office with other people, Mm -hmm. um, so it was a little bit different. But I remember I went to this flea market in Somerville, which is just outside of Boston. And uh, I found this little, maybe yay high, I don't know what you call that, 8 to 10 inch tall statue of a Viking with a spear and it looked he was holding his hand in a way where there was probably at one point a horn that he was blowing but he was like old and rusted and so i just bought him at the flea market and sat him on my desk people would be like why do you have a statue of a viking and i'd say why don't you it's cool and i'd say fair enough and now you have gundams at your yes yes i do that's fun and a statue of a viking he's still there oh he's still there yes he stayed with me he even was on my desk when I was teaching elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I will try not to eat my myriad of snacks that I've accumulated. Um, the beef jerky is gone, unfortunately. Mm. It has um, a tendency to do that. Yeah, I had, I've grown quite a fondness for the flame and hot beef jerky, which is like the, the flame and hot chip seasoning on beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Well, that's quite uh, a combo. Yeah, it's good. Um, which is weird because I only like two flame and hot flavors. Which ones? For the uh, folks at home, the nacho cheese Doritos flame and hot are pretty good. Uh huh. Um, and the flame and hot cheddar and sour cream ruffle. Ooh. Have you ever had the flame and hot funyuns? Yeah, but I are those flame and hot? I think those are a different like. They're flame and hot, hot brand because it's all it's all the same company. Is it okay? You're gonna watch the flame and hot movie. I don't know what that is. They made a oh, movie about the creation of Flamin' Hot. Yeah, they're Flamin' Hot. Registered maybe trademark. It's, maybe it's the maybe it's the cheddar and sour cream ones that are. 
I just remember I like the Anthony Davis ruffles. What are those? They're like jalapeno lime or something. Ooh. I am a pretty big fan of spicy chips. I don't find them very spicy. No, because we've been over this. Yes, I do. I do quite yes, a bit. They're of lime and jalapeno. Anthony Davis ruffles. I did almost laugh at a coworker once um, while I was working in office who like walked by and saw me just kind of, kind of casually munching on Takis. Uh-huh. And they're like, how are you doing that? Really? <laughs> this is this is what does it for you, huh? Well, I'm just like, go into a middle school. Everyone's doing that all the time. Yeah. Well, the, the, the kids. One time I had some students that wouldn't stop eating Takis this year. And I was like, you need to stop. Like, we're in class and you're clearly just distracted because you're all just doing this. <laughs> and they're like, we're Mexicans. We're training. And I was like, <laughs> okay. What do you say to that? <laughs> they're right. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like then you should already be good. Like you don't need to train at this point. Uh, no, no, I think they're right. Um, I think about that often. I was at a Cajun restaurant Thursday night with my wife's family that doesn't do spice at all, and I was just listening to them and thinking, really, really. Are they like a pepper is spicy kind of people? Uh, yeah, kind of. Hmm, you I, know, I, I once heard my wife's dad. Um, basically, we were talking about Taco Bell, I think, and he's like, oh, the nacho cheese there's pretty spicy. I don't even think there's spices in it. I don't think there is either. I think it's just melted cheese. Doesn't seem to be any. Looks about what you would get out of a gas station. Well, the gas station stuff has jalapeno juice in it. I don't think the Taco Bell stuff does. Mostly because I can have it without getting rash. That's important. Wow, that's a gigantic yawn. Mm-hmm. And for me, but all of you folks at home, Cameron just yawned for the ages. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long day. I'm clearly very excited. Mentos? Just pass one through the internet. I'll pass them over. Thank you. Brought to you by the Pembroke Slumlord Association. I mean, the Pembroke Student Housing Authority. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever. And I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. You have snacks. Slumlord money today. Yes, this is very true. Um, I'm eager to talk about this episode, but Cameron, how are you? I'm good. A little tired. Got one more week left of school. By the time this comes out, there will be... Two days left in the school year. Oh, I guess the day it comes out is one of the days. Mm-hmm. But by the time you're listening, if you're listening on a Saturday or, you know, in some far-flung future time, the 2022-2023 school year has ended. Mm-hmm. And Cameron couldn't be happier. I mean, I've had a good year. It's been a fun time. I'm just tired. I can see it in your eyes. You're wasting away. Oh, he's going to play so many video games this summer, guys. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Finally get more into Tears of the Kingdom. I can't keep up with him now. I have played quite a bit of Tears of the Kingdom, finding little <laughs> hours in, here and there. Yes. You have more than you've played anything in a while. Yeah. I, I I binged Scarlet and Violet pretty hardcore. And I binged a lot of the games 
that I've been playing pretty hardcore, but they're so long that I lost the ability to do that. Because there's like a point at which like enough is enough with my wife. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, but this is the fifth night in a row you've just played that. I'm like, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean Maybe just hard chance. <laughs> it's true. It's hard. Don't you know? Don't no you know? You. Is that our is that our segue? Are we in the episode? I don't know. I don't really want it to be. Oh, okay. We can keep no talking problem. about whatever. Yeah. Let's just talk about whatever. How are your thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, loving it, actually. Um, which is weird, because I wasn't that hot on Breath of the Wild. Um, I've only done one... I've only done one... Um, <clears throat> what do you call it? Dungeon? Dungeon. It's very fun. Um, much more fun than the beasts were. I liked that the beasts were like one big intricate puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, see... Here's my thing. I'm going to go pretty deep into some Zelda dungeon design right now. Um, go for it. Dungeons are actually the reason I hate Wind Waker. Because I feel like Wind Waker's dungeons are designed really poorly. Um, and I feel the same way about... Um, <clears throat> what is it? I do not know. There are so many Zelda games. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Um, yes. I think one... I think the, the, the beasts in Breath of the Wild are interesting... Mm-hmm. but it's all the same type of thing. It's like a big intricate puzzle, which I love those. Like I love the, the ones like um, the tower in Link's Awakening or um, the... Yeah, the one where you hit the button, the switches in the different parts of the floor raise or lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the dungeon, I can't remember what game it's in that like, there's like a first floor and a second floor. And then you collapse the second floor into the first floor. Um, and it changes the whole layout. Um, it may be one of the Oracle games. Um, that sounds so familiar. But anyway, so I love those, like, the whole dungeon is one puzzle game. Uh, one puzzle, like, dungeon. But I need that mixed with an exploration dungeon. Yeah, it's, if that's the whole thing, it's like, yeah, okay, here I go again. Because in my mind, there are three types of dungeons. There's, there's combat gauntlet dungeons. Um... There's um, exploration dungeons, like the forest temple in Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time is one of the ones where you like, have to search and find the pose, and like you've got this central area, um, mm-hmm. and then you've got like your whole dungeon is one puzzle. Like dungeon. the water temple in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, the water temple, or the, the snow uh, temple in Majora's Mask, because mm-hmm. um, it's got like that whole like central column um, that just keeps falling. Um, and I, I need a good mix of all three. Um, and the one dungeon in um, in Tears of the Kingdom is very much like an explore and find all the things dungeon. Um, and like the whole time you're doing it, like it's really like you're, you're having to use your glider a lot. I'll just spoilers. It's a wind temple and you have to use your glider. A lot. <gasps> How dare you? Um, I already knew that. I haven't gotten that far, but I've heard it. Yeah, I feel like most people... I don't feel like I'm spoiling much. I'm not going to tell them anything. But then the boss of that... Because the bosses in um, Breath of the Wild were all the same. Mm-hmm. The boss is super unique, and it's really a test of like how well can you use the glider. Like How well can you like fall at the right times, pull your glider out at the right times, manage your stamina correctly. And it's not super hard, but if you... like haven't been practicing with your glider you're probably not going to do super great Mm -hmm. and that's fun that's like you know the game is leading you along 
giving you this tool and then expecting you to like use it well. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's like, like I, I really like, see my problem with Wind Waker Dungeon is it's like this really linear path until you get the item that you need to open up the temple. But then like mm-hmm. the next room, instead of like backtracking and remembering, the next room is always like where you use that item. And then you use that item there, you use that item to beat the boss, and then like you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked this better because, like, you have the glider the whole time. Yeah, like you already have all your tools. Yeah, um, which I thought I would like worse, but since you had the glider the whole time, I was like constantly thinking about new ways how to use it and how to like go into bullet time arrow mode. And and then when the boss asked me to do that, I was like, oh, I've been practicing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one thing I did like about Breath of the Wild. Is the fact that it like it gives you this suite of abilities at the beginning, and then the whole game is just utilizing them. Yeah, um, which, I mean, isn't exactly what Zelda is, where Zelda is about the power progression of like, oh, you you have three hearts and a sword and a shield. You go to the first dungeon. Oh, now you have a boomerang, and you can use it in these exciting ways, and you can use that in the world in exciting ways. Oh, and then you get a hook shot, and that changes the way you do things. And then maybe you get this other thing or this other thing that it's just as the game goes, you get more and more like tools at your disposal. Yeah. More power. So Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom both like flip that on its head. Um, but I think especially Tears of the Kingdom, it, the powers are just cooler and kind of more fun and have more things that you can do with them. But I, I remember there was a moment playing Breath of the Wild where you're trying to get on the water beast and you're riding with Sidon and is shooting these ice blocks at you. And I remember the first five or six times that I did it, I was like, I have to shoot those with bomb arrows to make them explode. And then I told you about it, like, man, I need to get more bomb arrows. This is too hard. And you're like, Cameron, you have an ability that creates and destroys ice block. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm such a dummy. <laughs> just, just pull out I can use my little power and say, you're broken. You're broken. You're broken. <laughs> Instead, I'm like trying to aim as I'm moving at high speeds around in a circle. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah. one of the finest moments, I think. I think the crafting mechanic really makes up for a lot of the things I didn't like about Breath of the Wild. Because like, I didn't enjoy the fact that like you could explore, but you couldn't really find anything. Mm-hmm. Like, because even oh, I found a great weapon. Cool. It's going to break in like two hits. Um, but the the addition of like all the new ways to do things, you know, I mean, you got people online carpet bombing moblin dens and um, or you've got me who's not that good, like dropping a seeker drone and putting a flamethrower on it. Cause but I think, I think that kind of alleviates a lot of my problems with like the weapon degradation. Because mm-hmm. um, that stuff is fun. It's cool. Yeah, it just makes... the. I feel like Breath of the Wild was all about like exploration, but again, it didn't. It felt sort of empty in that way. Cause like, oh, I found another shrine. Oh, I found another shrine. Um, where this is more about like improvisation. And it's like, what if I do this? Would this work? And it does. And that's like yeah. very satisfying. It is. Um, yeah. Um, and I feel like they took a lot of the weird inconveniences of Breath of the Wild away. Um, like, okay, sure. There's still, like, rain makes climbing surfaces hard. But I can also just attach a rocket to my shield and then ride it 
up really far. Mm -hmm. Or if there's a cave, I can just go in the cave and zip up to the top. Yeah, I can just get out at any time. Um, Yeah, so I think I'm enjoying it much more than Breath of the Wild, um, which I was never very hot on. I I thought it was fun, but I didn't think it was like, I don't know, anything crazy. And even now I'm finding Zonite devices that I've never seen before. I just saw a new one. Cool. I was like, I didn't even know that was there. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I look forward to getting more into it when I'm done with Cold Steel 3. Yeah. yeah. I'm like halfway through, I think, if I were guessing. I think there's six chapters, and I'm almost done with chapter three. But the fifth chapter's always the longest. Yeah. Usually. Unless it doesn't have a fifth chapter. Sometimes they don't. Only some games do. Um, Yeah. But man, isn't marriage hard, Chance? (laughs) Back to the old segue. Yeah, I'm going to segue back to the segue. Yeah, it it can be challenging. Especially if you don't talk to anyone about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You just make a lot of assumptions, and your wife acts wildly out of character. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so this week we're talking about the honeymoon is over. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I start editorializing, Chance, how about you give us a synop of the episode? Um, Okay. Um, The honeymoon's over. Corey and Pangers are um, back, back at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, they think they're going to live in the apartment, but they say no thank you. So they go to their parents, and their parents say no thank you. Um, so I don't know what they do. Though they go to the uh, dorm room, and the, and surprise guests say no thank you. Um, and then an apartment opens up, but it's very bad. Very bad. And we go from there. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and we get to fetish, fetishize some triplets along the way. Yeah, I mean, what episode of Boy Meets World would be complete without that? Without triplet fetish. <laughs> yeah, the best Dom triplets I've ever seen. This is kind of funny, but we'll get <laughs> The <that>. Dom triplets. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Up front, I know you've been very public about the episodes that you're just really not looking forward to. Um, and I think this is one that I was really just like very cold on coming into it. Like I'm just like, I am not going to like this one. The last time I remember watching it, I was like, this is so stupid. And I just kind of went in just expecting like the tone here is going to be terrible. And it's just not really going to fit with everything else because of all the things that they're trying to say. But I don't feel like they do a good job of saying them. But then I watched it and I feel like it kind of surprised me. I mean, I don't like love it. I don't think it's a masterpiece of like Boy Meets World episodes, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. Okay. Okay. This is interesting because full disclosure, I thought this episode and the next episode were one episode. I didn't remember mm-hmm. it. I kind of did too. Um, and I was really holding on to this episode as like the episode that was going to save the season. I guess um, next episode will be the one. Well, I guess the two. That's why when I finished watching, I was like, oh, we should have watched both episodes. Um, I, I was thinking, like, these are the episodes that we're going to say today. And I was also surprised, but I'm not sure. I, I have very conflicting feelings about this episode, which is why I said I was excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, again, I don't think, I didn't like, oh, I love this. This is the best thing ever. But it's just better than I was expecting it to be. Which isn't always a bad place to be, right? No. No, it's not a bad place to be. Um, so, yeah. I guess we can get started. Yeah, let's jump in. 
jumping in. Um, it's interesting continuity-wise because Cory and Topanga come home from their honeymoon in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and Angela and Sean are at their parents' house, at the mm-hmm. Matthews' house, greeting them. But now they've come into the apartment like, we've returned from our honeymoon. And Angela is there. <laughs> and it's like, she, she, I know, I just saw you. That's what she could have said. Like, you've already, you've already invited yourself back into my life. Yeah, I... I like to think they slept off jet lag, like at at Amy and Alan's house. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe there's been like a day or two of like them kind of readjusting, and now they're like they think they're moving into their place. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is where it instantly falls apart for me in terms of like making sense. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like Topanga is just acting very out of character okay. from the jump. From the jump. Okay, I, I didn't feel this way, so go go ahead. Well, I just feel like we're, they come in and Corey's like, I'm here, where's the salami? When a man comes home from his honeymoon to his home, he like expects a deli tray. Sure, who doesn't? Love a good deli tray. You know, I don't know. We'll let the man have his deli tray. Um, and then Angela and Rachel are like, ooh, uh-oh, this is uncomfortable. And they're like, Topanga, you said you were moving out. And she's like, eventually. There it is, right there. Where Topanga, who is normally just this person who is very, like, she takes care of things. She's a take care of things person. Making sure everything is in its place. She's the 700 A's student. She's the, on my work study, they're making a law over some idea that I had. Like, success follows her everywhere. And she Mm -hmm. seems to just be this very thorough, very thoughtful person. But, I mean, we haven't really seen that this season, I guess. Um, or we've just had kind of this character suicide, or not suicide, character murder. She didn't do it to herself. Yeah, I would actually say that turning her into what you described was her first character murder. I suppose from the um, self-assured, confident season two Topanga. Yes. But still with some room for some butterflies and some blushes and all of those things, which we loved. Mm -hmm. Um, But to then just be like, I told my roommates I was going to move out, but what I really meant was eventually. Like, I needed a little bit of time to get back, like, get something s- settled. And we never really discussed what exactly that meant. It's just instantly yeah. like, who are you? And what have you done with the third or fourth Topanga that we've had so far? Yeah. So I see what you're saying. And I somewhat agree with it and I somewhat don't. The problem with this episode for me is the premise. Mm hmm. And I'm really trying to, like, leave the premise aside as much as I can to try to get at the meat of what the episode's doing. Uh-huh. But I, I'm struggling to do that. Well, yeah. I'm struggling to do that, to leave it aside, because, I mean, the premise is just kind of wild. I mean, I could totally see Topanga being like, oh, yeah, then I'll be moving out. I'll be moving out eventually or something like that. And then being like, oh, okay, when she gets married, she's moving out. Um, but like, just to be like, oh, Sean, you come live here now and pack up Topanga's whole room for her. Mm-hmm. Just seems kind of wild. Yeah. That's wild on that end too. Like, I, in my mind, it's totally reasonable for Topanga to be like, oh, I'll still have my room. So we're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's wild that she doesn't discuss, like, 
hey, Corey's going to live here for a little while. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah there's just like, no discussion. Yeah, and like quite honestly, like shouldn't Corey and Topanga live here instead of Sean? Like, doesn't that make the most sense? Yes. But for some reason, here's here's the thing. As I'm just thinking about this show and the language of the show and the way the show has dealt with any sort of understanding of relationships and love and romance is they'd have no idea what to do beyond kissing. Yeah. And so it's, it's the same thing with Jack and Rachel. It's like, oh, these two characters are together and they're not Corey and Topanga where there's just kind of this weird hang up, not even a weird hang up, but this stance that we've taken and that Disney's probably forcing on us. Um, what should we have them do? Move in together, I guess, is what, what we need to have them do um, at this early point in their relationship. Because he, like, I feel like all throughout this episode, um, is you know, they're like, marriage is hard. This is hard. This is hard. And they have no vocabulary within the show to really talk about what that means beyond, oh, you're going to be poor. Yeah. That's what we mean by hard, not you're in, in a relationship with a, another person who has different expectations and ideas of the way things need to be. And there has to be communication and there's going to be give and take and there's going to be sacrifices that you have to make. No, it's just going to be you're going to live in a hellhole and be really poor and eat the remains of a person who got shot off the wall, possibly. Like that's yeah. what we, that's what it really means, because that's all we really know what to do. If it's not kissing, we don't know how to talk about relationships. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of what I mean by premise. Because, like, like, I want to sit down and enjoy this episode for what it is. Like, marriage is hard, kid. Like, go for it. But, like, that's not what we're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're watching it and we're analyzing it. And, like, watching and analyzing it, like, why is all you're saying, I told you marriage was going to be hard? You didn't say, like, I told you you were going to be homeless. Uh-huh. Like, like, what what are you talking about? Like, why isn't Alan coming over and helping, like, sharing his skills with Corey and helping, like, put mm -hmm. this place together? Why aren't their friends, like, starting protests for the, for the quality the of the lords that own the married student housing, which are apparently, it's a different organization than the rest of Pembroke because it's a joke institution and it doesn't make any sense and it needs to be disbanded. It needs to lose its accreditation um, and it needs to be shut down as a university. Yeah. Like, I, why is it? Yeah, there's just so many questions of like the reality of this like moment mm -hmm. that I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, so it's like you want to you want to divorce the episode from the premise of the episode, but I think yeah. what we're finding here, ten minutes into our conversation, is that that's impossible. I don't feel like this is like, well, let's you know we'll talk about the horrible racist ideas of Katonka and Hawaii and all of those things. Then we can set them aside and talk about the rest because it, here it's like so completely interwoven. Well, yeah, and, and the, everything and the is so completely flawed, and everyone is so messed up, yeah, and out of character, and nothing really makes sense, and no relationship that has pre-existed this episode seems to mean anything uh, beyond yeah. according to Panga being married now. Now they're married, so their friends can't help them out. Like their friends can't come over and help them clean up a little bit. 
yeah. or put the drawer back on. Like that just, it, it's so weird. It, it's very strange. And like, like, okay, we want to talk about like things being hard. Like how is Sean affording to live in this nice apartment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're into paying to have more money than Sean. Like, it's because Jack's name is the one on the lease and I guess he's still paying for it. <laughs> I guess he's still paying for that part for everybody. And it's just like, wait, shouldn't, Shouldn't Corey and Topanga get the apartment then? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Topanga they have roommates. They just need a room. Like, I don't. I don't know. Um, it, it it's very strange because I feel like they're doing a real a lot of work, and the work they're doing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was the, that was the problem I was having because, like, I know what this episode wants from me. And from that, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, oh, it's hard. But, like, it also doesn't have to be hard. (laughs) It doesn't have to be hard in this way. Yeah. Like, this is, I mean, again, thinking back to the start of the season, where we said this is a cartoon. This is cartoonish in its own way. Where it's like, this is cartoonish in the way of, like, oh, when we want to represent something evil in a cartoon, we give it little devil horns and a tail. So that the the visual language lets you know this is an evil person. Mm-hmm. Like here, we want to show that this is hard, so we're going to do X, Y, and Z because it's just a cartoon, and we're not really adequately equipped to discuss anything in any yeah. major way. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, and so I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I don't really know how to talk about it. <laughs> yes, other than that it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the, this first scene, Corey, like, he wants salami, and then we learn that Sean moved into Topanga's room and they packed it up. And there's just a whole lot of, like, you guys didn't have any discussion about this? Yeah. Like, yeah, it sucks that Topanga didn't, like, talk to them about, like, hey, I'm going to still stay here for a little while after we get married. That sucks. But uh-huh. it also sucks, like, oh, we just packed up your room that you ostensibly pay for Uh and it's not even like oh this is weird i'll sleep on the couch you two can sleep in there until we get something sorted out problem so problem solved or at least like alleviated while they look for somewhere to stay or they can talk about it more no it's just like oh sean's already moved in here everything Uh uh-oh wink wink yeah oh boy what do you mean oh boy Oh boy, what does she mean? Oh boy, it's like wait, wait a minute, like what? Um, and so then the next scene is them going to the dorm. They're mm-hmm. gonna stay in Corey's dorm room because he still got it. Yes, and then Sean's we get not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, and then we get maybe the worst part of the episode. Maybe I think I think easily because it's just creepy. Yeah, it's weird. Like I don't know, um, but. Jack and Eric have moved in. Also, they're about to scrap this set and turn it into the Mary student housing set because it's clearly the exact same hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just lit differently. Um, so they they pop out of the room and you don't see inside the room because the room isn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're like, you can't live here because... You're married. Uh, you're married and it says right here. And they pull out like the bylaws because... These laws are written to oppress people, I guess. Get them into their slum system. Because um, there's no yeah. other apartments in all of Philadelphia where they could live. Yeah, I don't... 
But yeah, so they they pull out, and you think like they're gonna be like, we're finally not homeless or something. But that is not why they're they're moving into that dorm. They're doing it because of who moved in to Topanga and Angela's old dorm. Mm-hmm. Across the hall, there's three. Well, obviously three. There's some triplets that moved in. Yeah, long blonde hair, and you know, just like classically pretty yeah. girls. Yeah, it's like blonde hair, blue eyes, mm-hmm. triplets. In towels. By white American beauty standards, A+. plus. Yeah. Um, triple A+, plus because there's three of them. And they're so excited because they're triplet. And Eric loves to count them. One, two, three. He yes, he doesn't treat them. them as people. He counts them right in front of them. Um, yeah. It's gross. It's so gross. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. um. And then this we get the continuation of the Jack is hot stuff where they're like, how about we show you, give you a tour of the co-ed bathroom and who could use a shower? And I'm like, oh, we could use a shower. And he's like, me too. Look, it's dirt. And lifts yeah. up his shirt and shows his abs a little bit. It's really weird because this this is just now. Like, uh-huh. like the crowd goes, a, a weird thing that has just kind of cropped up this season is now mm-hmm. Jack is wearing tight shirts. Every, and everyone thinks he's hot. Yeah, and you remember in season one where we had boys meet uncomfortable audience reactions? Yeah. It's a panga, and they're doing scuba, and she takes off her robe, and she's wearing a swimsuit, and the crowd gives an awa awa. And we're like, this is uncomfortable. It's kind of that same energy. Who should be bringing that same energy, I think, to both? Maybe especially <laughs> no. to the Topanga one, because that's like, yeah, he's a minor, 12 and it's really 20. wrong. <laughs> um, but the other, it's just like, he's not a piece of meat. And neither are the triplets. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've never had a body where if I take off my shirt, anybody says, ooh. Um, I bet I Sarah know. would beg to differ. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much to look at. <laughs> Actually, it is much to look at. That's the You've got great body, Cameron. You're down 14 pounds. It's true. 16, actually. I would ooh. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Um... But anyway, yeah, so it's weird. It's weird. And then they follow him into the bathroom, and Topanga says, get me a place to live. And Corey says, yes, mommy. Well, first he's like, oh, she's like, you're the provider. And he's like, oh, now I'm the provider? What happened to equality? What happened to equal partnership? And she's like, give me a place to live. And he's like, yes, mommy. Yeah, and they go, oh, mommy. And at Which first I that was, was like, uh, like a I, awakening. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be creepy, <laughs> but no, he just and, realized. Yeah, he realizes that he could talk to his mommy. Yeah, so this is maybe the, the scene I was conflicted the most about in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a very dramatic scene. I feel like it's very classic. Like, Alan, or they're, they're trying to sweet talk Amy, and she's wanting to give them a place to stay, but Alan says no. Mm-hmm. Puts his foot down. Absolutely not. No. Um, and I think this will work better in the next episode. But here, again, I'm having a problem divorcing the premise from what's going on. Because <clears throat> I think what's going on makes a lot of sense. Like, no, they can't stay here. Like, because, like, they're saying they're, they're just going to stay here for a little while until they get on their feet. But there's going to be no, like, terms to or- that. Well, no terms to that, no urgency. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to end up living here all year. It's basically what he's thinking. And, I, you know, I kind of get that. Like, you know, force a little urgency. But at the same time, at the same time, let's let's take this back to the premise. 
you're their parents and you didn't talk to them about where they were going to live. You don't like guide them in getting their first apartment. You don't like, what are you doing? Yeah. You are failing as a parent. He's like, and Corey's even like, well, between thinking about the wedding and preparing for the honeymoon, it's like, I haven't had time to worry about any of that. It's like, Alan, Amy, where were you? Is saying, hey, maybe you should worry about this. In all of your saying, like, it's going to be hard. Why didn't you tell them the things that were going to be hard? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have a place to stay? Mm -hmm. Do you? That's the big one. How are you going to pay for the place that you're going to stay? Yeah. So do you have a job? Do you have? that? that that's basically the big one. Yeah, like. Job, place to stay. Well, it, again. I, I need to stop saying this, but I'm really struggling with this premise. Because how are they going to pay for a dorm room? Like Student loans. I guess student loans. That was loans, the late right? 90s. That's what you did. I, I guess student loans is the answer, right? But, like, no. Like, I, I understand that, like, things have got to be hard and we've got to make them hard. But at the same time, that's all we're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, like, Alan should have been, like... Yeah, stay here. Go. But like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't prepare you for this. Let me help you help guide you. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like, oh, you literally don't have a place to sleep tonight. Mm -hmm. By all means. <laughs> like, stay here. Yeah, exactly. Or like... You child that I love. Mm -hmm. and what, so the next scene, the next scene is them... They're like going to the student union. Yeah. And they like union. throw their stuff down and Corey's like... Topanga, we're upper middle class homeless college students. If this wasn't happening to us, I wouldn't feel sorry for us. Yeah, which is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, what are we going to do? And then Sean and Angela come in um, and they're like, good news. <laughs> yeah, someone was just shot in an apartment. Now you get out of it. The Pfeffermans had a fight. She crit He criticized her salad, so she shot him. They're like, what are you talking about? Now there's an opening in married student housing. Mm -hmm. Those have got to be pretty posh. And Corey's like, oh, posh. Yes. So then we go to a dirtier version of the college halls. Uh -huh. You just hear shouting. Everyone's mad all the time. Mm -hmm. um, apparently marriage makes you really just hate each other's guts. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> did, you, did you ever go to married student housing at OSU? I feel like I've been in them, yeah. I mean, I had, I had some friends that lived there. This was after I graduated, and I, they invited me over for, like, dinner one time. It's just an apartment. Yeah. A fully it's just furnished a normal apartment. apartment. There are, like, laws about the way that things like that need to be. Yeah. And I, I, I want to get there. <laughs> I do. But let's keep going. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, it wasn't like this. No. And they were, I, they were very lovely, happy people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but no, so they go and it's like awful apparently, and they round the corner and there's Michael Jacobs' son with no pants on. Uh-huh. They say, Oh, he's like a little guy. He says, I see dead people. We're gonna have to rationalize him at some point, but we can't right now. Why do we have to rationalize him? Because he's coming back as someone different. Oh, right. You know, all kids look roughly the same. <laughs> um yeah, he says, I see dead people. They go into their apartment. I think we have and, something bigger to rationalize about that than the, being the same kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we no, can well, get to that later. 
Yeah, I'm saying there's like there's a lot to rationalize there. Uh-huh. Um, they they walk in and it's like a crap hole. Uh-huh. Entirely, it just is dirty. There's run pizza down. box on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's just a gross, awful place. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "This is awful. I don't want to live here." Mm-hmm. It's funny when Corey is like, "Okay, let's just take a moment." And we're going to think about the worst moment of our lives. And that'll make this seem better. <laughs> and then they pause for a beat. And then they're both just like, this is it, huh? Yeah, this is it. And, you know, Corey's really annoying in this episode. But kind of understandably so, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like in this scene, at least at the beginning, I'm like, he's trying to help. Yeah. He's trying to do something. And he's doing a good job of, like, portraying, like, conflicted feelings. Mm-hmm. He certainly has those. Um, and so he's like, there's a pizza box on the ground. And he picks it up. And he's like, oh, no, creatures. And he's like, is the hope under here? He's like, this is where the, the critters live. And then he jumps on the couch and Topanga starts stepping on them. And he's like, no, you missed one. And here come their cousins from Louisiana. Their drunken cousins from Louisiana. Uh-huh. And then there's a knock. They both are stomping on the floor and then the door opens and they're like we're doing the dance of our people yes and uh it's a lady with a baby who sees nothing wrong with the place i guess uh-huh she's like this is normal mm-hmm. um and she's saying their neighbors that her baby doesn't sleep it just cries and cries all night Corey's like is, is the baby sleep like right on the other side of that wall these paper thin walls um <laughs> which is a fair question yeah, which is a fair question for sure. It does bring bring. There's a very memorable quote to me that's you know rent free in my head from later in this episode about oh, that baby. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, um, Topanga holds the baby for a moment, and she's like, "Oh!" And Corey just says, "Put it back. <laughs> Put it back." <laughs> that yeah. is the last thing we need in this moment. Is a baby. Yeah, yeah and then we cut to the. Does anything else happen, or do we just cut straight to the classroom? I think we just cut straight. She's just like, my husband, at least your husband's here. Mine's in medical school, and they're never home. It just kind of paints this picture of being married in college is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Which I could imagine that it would be difficult just because that. In I don't know, way. though, right? I like, mean, maybe. I feel like, actually, we had some yeah. friends, Randy and Heidi, yeah, Randy and Heidi, they loved and it. Apparently, there were tons of grants and financial like aid, not that were not that were not loans, if you were a married college student. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of great uh, stuff like that, and they had two incomes supporting one household, so it was basically like having a roommate because um, they both worked. Mm-hmm. And like, what college students think they're so busy, but how much free time did we have to do jack all? Too much, probably. <laughs> like, we hit, when we were in college, like, how many late night runs to go get random food? Like, so much. I mean, if you're just thinking, this is the first year of me being married, what better thing could there be than having only 15 hours a week of something to do? Yeah. Like, at <laughs> most. And then they're like, well, every hour in class is two hours of work outside of class. Yeah, right. Everyone knows that doesn't happen. Yeah. No, at least. I mean, I wasn't an engineer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're one of those, it's a little yeah, bit more it, involved. But most people aren't. And like two weeks ago, my wife and I were talking about how like we 
we like spend time together, but it's always like time when we're really tired Mm -hmm. or like time with our son. And there's like not a lot of in between. So like we took the day off and like played hooky and just spent it together. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the best things. Yeah, that was like great. But like we had to like schedule time off from work to take that. And it's like a once in like a blue moon. Yeah. Like who knows? Like, but in college, like that's like most days. Yeah. Like, wouldn't wouldn't you love to be able to be like, hey, I got out of class at ten, and I don't have another class until three. Want to go home and take a nap? Yeah. Wanna hang out or make lunch or do whatever. Like literally whatever. Go see our friends. Just be together. Yeah. I would assume college is hard. Not necessarily being married in college is hard. Just because you're so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, probably more of it than anything. It's just like, yeah, you're so young. You don't know who you are. Like, yeah. It's just a big commitment. Yeah. I, but I think being married in college, if you were married in college, how was it? Yeah. Maybe you just from the outside looking in, we're like, oh, it doesn't seem that bad. But yeah. maybe we're wrong. Maybe we are. I I just can't imagine. And I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like most people are going to be like, well, you got married. Now all support we ever gave you is gone forever. Yeah, you know how we said we'd love you forever and care for you no matter what? Not anymore. You're on your own, kid. Yeah, that's like, oh, you got married. Can't help you at all. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What was that? I couldn't quite hear you. You're fading <laughs> away into the, into the mist. It's a ghost um, of the sun I once had. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yes, but then they're in class. Yeah, Mr. Feeney's reading about the bubonic plague and just like the maggot-ridden bodies of the dying and the dead as Corrine Topanga just sitting there looking miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, hey, Corey, they're talking about us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Topanga raises her hand and she's like, can I have a bath? He's like, please keep all personal questions until later. Mm-hmm. Until after class. Um, and then he's just like, you know what? I'm, I don't do this, but I'm going to dismiss class early on account of, well, pathetic. Yes. Yeah. Dismiss class on account of pathetic. And the, uh, the class leaves and they have a heart to heart with Feeney, which really doesn't land for me. No, but parts of it are funny when they're like, yeah. Feeney, you got a big house, no kids. <laughs> Let us stay in a room. And he's like, no, like that's ridiculous. Um, yes. But then they're like, what about your millions? It's like, Topanga, you hold him down and I can take his wallet. <laughs> or, or maybe Topanga says that. And then Corey's like, no, he's an educator. And she's like, you're right. What could he have? Nine bucks? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Feeney. And a blockbuster card. <laughs> and a blockbuster card. Um, I feel that. Yeah. And, and he gives them like crappy advice and Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey says, says he's basically a fortune cookie, and then very verbosely he says why he's not a fortune cookie. And then he says, "Prosper or persevere, and you will prosper." And they leave, and he goes, "Okay, I'm a fortune cookie." We skipped. I skipped the part where the line that lives in my head, where he's talking about how terrible things are, and they're like, "Our water, you have to chew it." And all this stuff, and Corey's just like, and do you know how the baby cries? Like this. And that's just been in my head since 1999, um, and it'll never leave. I actually have a line from this episode like that as well, but it has not come yet. 
and again, we get this odd, like, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, it's not on Feeny to, like, help these kids out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not his job. And, like, he can't make it his job because what if they just come to rely on it? But also, when you think about it, offering him a shower? <laughs> yeah, Topanga wants a bath. We know you got a big jacuzzi bathtub, Mr. Feeney. But, but like... That's not inappropriate, I don't think. Why? Let her, do, let her use that. This is the thing, right? Is like, don't the people you love... Like, abandoned child here. Maybe I just have this weird sense of things. Even, even though I'm pretty cynical about family. But even I, who'm cynical about, like... Family people love is like, shouldn't they be offering something? <laughs> Some sort of assistance? Like, Mr. Feeney, he is ostensibly the only professor at this institution of higher learning. These kids live in the married student housing, which is an absolute crap hole. Couldn't he do something about that? Wouldn't yeah. he be able to help them navigate that? Or help, like, he hooked up Eric and Jack with a job at the student union. Couldn't he be like, I know you're struggling financially. This is really hard. How about I help you get some form of gainful employment so maybe you could save up money to get out of there or so that you could not eat the dead person off of the wall. Or, you know, anything. Like, he has so many things available to him beyond come live with me that he could do to care for these students that he says he cares about. Yeah, when he says, like, our water is soup, you have to chew it. Couldn't he be like, this is like dorms at our school? Mm-hmm. Okay, kids, we're going to learn about history and what happens when you like stand up to injustice. <laughs> like, yes. Remember remember when Mr. Turner had you guys read Grapes of Wrath? Yes. It's time to, to revisit that little lesson. Yeah. So again, like the scene kind of works until you think about it for two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it just it's like, completely falls apart. What is What are we saying here? Like, you can't offer a shower to someone suffering because they're married now? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, what? Let's just, let's just redo this scene for a second. And they're, Corey and Topanga are walking away mad. And Cor- But Mr. Feeney goes, but you can come over to my house and take a shower. It's Isn't it better? Yeah, like, and she cries and hugs him or something. Uh-huh. Like... Like, I'm offering something that I can. Yeah, and there, there are just every interaction that they have with the people that love them, minus Eric and Jack, because who knows? what They're weird. Um, but they're in a different in the apartment. Their parent, his parents, now Mr. Feeney, like every single point along the way, they've hung out with Sean and Angela a couple, a couple of times. They come and tell them about the dorm. They're going to hang out with them again in a moment. It's like, at all of those points, these people who care about them, could do something. Not like, let me fix it, not let me fix it and make it all better. But it's like, oh, Sean's like, oh, let me, let me help you. I'll bring over a pizza and maybe we can try to fix the cabinets. Or I lived in a trailer, water problems were a thing. Let me come see what I can do. I don't know much, but you know, we made it work, me growing up. How about I just come take a look? Or the same with Alan, where he's just like, can't do anything, but it's like, you could do about 10,000 10, things. Yeah, that's what I'm going to bring up the next time they're in the house. Because at the point earlier, they haven't seen the apartment yet. Mm-hmm. But just skipping ahead, when 
when Corey's there telling him about the apartment, like instead of like, that's marriage, kid. Maybe like, oh, that seems like unjust. Yeah, this is actually a problem. And you're being taken advantage of. (laughs) Yeah, or like, let me come over and see. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is terrible. Like, let me get my lawyer involved. Yeah. (laughs) Or like prominent question mark business owner in this community i can talk to some people and ruffle some feathers like let me get or or even like if we don't want to get like lawyers involved like oh i can teach you how to yeah fix things like i can teach you how to fix those cabinets which is a thing that we know alan knows how to do that was established in like episode two of the show yeah, yeah, he fixes things. Where Corey is like, my dad is Superman. He fixes the sink. He paints the fences. He does all the things that would be necessary for Corey to know how to do right now. And Alan knows how to do all of those things, but he withholds all of that information because marriage is hard, kid. Yeah, marriage is hard, Boring. kid. And, and in real life, and I feel like this is even a thing in television shows, like, isn't when you get married young, isn't that when you become like the best friends with your parents because you like look to them to do like all of the things you don't know how to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's like your dad would be on speed dial, which yeah. we don't have anymore. You just have your contacts. So for kids listening back in the day, you could program your phone to just hold down number one and it would call whoever. Yeah. Instead of having to type the number. Um, you just have your dad on speed dial, like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. What do I do? Um, yeah, and I feel like so many, like, young girls become super close to their moms when they're getting married because they're like, oh, I need recipes. Like, oh, I need, like, my husband's working this job where he constantly tears his clothes. I don't know how to sew. Mom, can you help me? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just feel like that's real life. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, not, not in these people's world, apparently. Again, because the writers don't... <laughs> know how to do relationships beyond kissing yeah i i think you're i think you're right like if the problem isn't like they kiss someone else and the problem has to be like you're poor and no one will help you and, and there's a part of me that wants to set all that aside and be like it's true Corey Corey and topanga shouldn't go live there because like the, the story is trying to make a point and i think the point is like good and it's still enjoyable to watch but mm-hmm. then when you give it an ounce of criticism and you're like, hey, wait a sec. What's going on here? Yeah, because again, like you just said, I was coming into this ex- like with the things in my mind that we've been talking about for most of the last hour of like, these are the problems. But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is kind of enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And now again, on the backside, really thinking about those things for 0.2 seconds. It's just like, oh, there really is a problem. There's a problem here. This water is not water. It's soup. Yeah. Yeah. And when, so the next scene before the one we just talked about, but after the, the one we talked about. Scene, uh, <laughs> they go to the student union. This is the, the line that's lived in my head rent free. How's the new place? We have bugs. Everybody's got bugs. Our bugs have cars. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's trying to have a good attitude while. Well, I mean, he does know. offer here to help Corey. He's like, what can I do? And Corey's like, I have to do this myself. And then instantly goes to his dad. So he doesn't really do it. Himself. Yeah, it's real weird. Because like, yeah, and Sean says like, I'm here to help. Like, what can I do? And you think Corey would be like, can you come help me fix up the place? 
Mm-hmm. Like literally anything. But anyway, but yeah, so they have this conversation about how terrible it is, and they're like, it can't be that bad. And he's like, no, it's pretty bad. The baby cries like this. Um, he doesn't say that again, but I wouldn't hate it if he did. Yeah. And then Angela's like, Topanga, are you crying? She's like, no, I don't think so. I just, my face is scrunched and water's coming out of my eyes. She's like, that's crying. And she's like, oh, I've been crying for four days then. And you think, again, it's like, okay, like if this is that bad, like should we go to the school board? Like, mm-hmm. It's like something is really wrong. Yeah. Can we stand up for our friends? But no, this is the way it's supposed to be because they're married now. What are you talking about? You live in you live in America in the nineties. In the freaking nineties. Here here's a thought. Because at the very beginning of our show, when um we were talking and we were like, we're gonna watch Girl Meets World and we're gonna I have our grand unified theory of understanding Boy Meets World. And I had my theory, which is Connecting Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World, where Boy Meets World is actually being told by their son, Augie, based on the stories that he's heard his parents tell, which is why some of the facts change here and there. And so it's like, what if this is the case? And what if the apartment's really not that bad, but we have two upper middle class college students that are having to live in like a real place? (laughs) For the first time. And so everything yeah. is bad to them. But in reality, it's not that bad. Um, and everything's just exaggerated in their minds. I don't think that that's really the case. That was sort of my grand unifying theory at that point. But I, I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to that particular school of thought that I made up. The Cameron school. It's um, true. But I had my grand unifying theory as well. It's just it's something to think about. You know, what if it's really not that bad, but they just have no concept of what reality is? So it seems really bad, but it actually it actually is pretty bad. And there's something that needs to be done. <laughs> it's like yeah, Sean I, comes over and he's like, "What are you talking about? This is paradise." Yeah, something. We would have killed for this as a, when I was a kid. Something would have been great. And then they like see it through a new light. But uh-huh. but yeah. So the next episode, he goes to his dad. Our next scene. Yeah, the next scene, and like I hate this scene uh-huh. because it's like. Amy, we didn't really talk about it, but Amy really wanted to help them earlier, and Alan talked him out of it, or talked her out of it, and was like, "We need to be strong because they need to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Amy sitting at the top of the stairs, like in the fetal position, like wanting to help real bad, and like several like on-screen visual hints that like Alan's being a hard ass, but really mm-hmm. inside it hurts him. Yeah. But this is this is the scene that the premise betrays more than any other. Mhm. Um I feel like this scene needed to be tweaked some or the premise needed to be tweaked some because all Alan keeps saying is I told you it would be hard. Yeah. He doesn't like and I think we're supposed to think like yeah, Corey's acting so privileged. But like at the same time, like Telling someone something's going to be hard and preparing someone for hardness is two different mm-hmm. things. Or helping them out in the middle of the hard shit. Yeah, or like lending a hand. Because like Corey fully explains the the place they're living and why it's bad. And Alan isn't like, oh, let me go help you with that. Or or like 
don't you remember when I did X, Y, and Z for you? Take that lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have fiended it. It's like, hey, like, just calm down. We've been over how to take care of these things. Yeah. Like, you have the tools available to you. And this was in a days before YouTube or anything like that, where it's like, oh, if I have a thing I'm trying to work out, I'll just go and like find a video that can like help me through it. That didn't exist at this point, obviously. Um, so it was just that knowledge was passed down mm-hmm. father to son, generation upon generation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is what Corey is asking for here is completely different than what he was asking for before. Well, I think he's still asking to stay. I, I, I guess that's true. But the way that Alan, what Alan could do to say, you can't stay, but this, but yeah. I will help you in this way where he has the ability to do that. And that's the problem. Yeah. And, and honestly, Alan and Amy just come off as assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't Amy, like, why does them being married suddenly mean like they're totally alone? They can't do anything. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? What? Are you, I was literally an abandoned child and people were willing to help me. Yeah. Like, are you saying that Alan and Amy are worse than people who abandoned a teenager? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and Chet always we, made sure... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Continue. I like where that say, was going. Chet. Chet Hunter always made sure that Sean had a place to stay when he left him. Mm-hmm. Like, you are making Chet Hunter look good right now. Oof. That's a bad one. Um, I was just thinking, and Amy had real... She was a realtor at some point. Yes. Like she has connections so she could help them find a place or, Oh, your place is bad. Here's some tricks that I know to, to zhuzh it up or yeah, whatever. If Amy's having such a quote unquote hard time and she's hearing how crappy this apartment is, I'll go help clean. Yeah. Like, let me take over some cleaning supplies and the three of us can just get elbow deep. Cause it certainly doesn't seem by the end of the episode that Corey and Topanga have done like Jack squat to try to right. improve their situation. They just sit there and be miserable all day. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to be like, oh, they're so privileged. How can they do that? But at the same time, like, right now it probably seems insurmountable. Go show them that it's not. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Don't just say persevere and you shall prosper. It's like, oh, let's do something a little bit more practical than that, Mr. Fortune Cookie. Yeah. And, And Alan's big yell at Corey at the end of this scene. Like, Alan's huge, like, you made a choice. You said you were ready to be a man and do this. Like, and it's just like, couldn't Corey have just said back, like, and you made a choice to have a son, and now, like, something you didn't prepare him for is happening. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, when Corey just responds, all you had to say was no, it's just kind of like, that doesn't even really make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. He said no. Because he said no multiple times, and clearly that didn't work. Yeah, but I would have loved. I would have loved it. Like, this whole episode could have been saved for me. And then saved. I still enjoyed it. I just think there's a weird conversation that he's having. If Corey had just been like, what about your choices, Dad? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you ever teach me how to do this? Like, Or why won't you come teach me now? Or why didn't, like... I didn't realize that I didn't have a place to stay. Like, why didn't you, why did, why, before I got married, before I had to be on my own, why didn't you, like, talk to me? Like, where are you going to stay? Give me the rundown. 
Mm-hmm. It does seem like a pretty obvious one, though, but you're right. I don't know. It seems worth checking on. It seems worth checking. I'm sure when my kids grow up and they get married, you know, I'll say, hey, you got a, you got somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. Well, in, to college, what are you going to do? Especially, like, I feel like that's the first yeah. question you ask when they're like, when they're like, oh, we're moving up the date of the wedding seven months. It's like, okay, that gives you less time to prepare. What kinds of things are you going to, like, guide the dang kids? If you're not going <laughs> to, like, help them, guide them. Because mm-hmm. Corey's right. He's never done this before. I think Corey even says that. He's like, I've never done this before. Yeah. He makes it's like point. It's like, wouldn't it be great if someone who had guided him? Yeah, I don't and know. That's what's it's- so weird about this, because I feel like so normally it's like, oh, this couple is getting married. They have things like wedding showers and like I know well, I know when we moved into our apartment my wife and I cleaned it a lot but I'm thinking even when we moved back from Boston to Norman so we obviously weren't you know here we, but we had a place we were going to stay but my we'd already been married several years by this point but her mom and grandma and aunt came and cleaned up our house that we were going to be moving into and just made sure that it was like good and it yeah. feels like a normal at least to me thing when people get married or make a move or have a place to stay that the community that they're a part of kind of wraps around them and helps them make that transition. That seems like to me, like the sign of a healthy community where the people are caring for each other through times of transition and times of difficulty. Yeah, no, it's totally normal. Like that's kind of the problem is everyone keeps telling Corey and Topanga, like you shoulda, you shoulda, you shoulda. But like, it's like they yeah, didn't... maybe. I mean, yes, they well, should have. There should have been more than just a, oh, I'll move out aside eventually. Yeah. It, and when to Angela and Sean come and tell them about the apartment that just opened up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the big thing, why don't they help them move their stuff in? Yeah. Why don't they say like, oh, I, why don't, when they go in, don't they like see the place and like, oh, this does look daunting. This does look kind of gross. But like, and Sean's like, I lived in a trailer park. Like, I can help you clean this up. Like, and the whole time is like, how's how's the married student housing? It's like, you could come visit. Yeah, you could go see. Been, Topanga's been crying for three days, and no one's thought I should go visit my friend. Yeah. Why have they just been, they've just been floating nebulously out on their own for who knows how long. And it's yeah. like, I thought you guys were friends and spent time together. I guess yeah. not. I, I really think if you watch this episode... And you don't think about it. You just watch it and kind of get fed the lesson. And I don't mean that in a bad way or like a your ignorant way. I mean that in a like a very sincere way. Like you just kind of get fed the lesson. You you listen for the funny jokes. You're here for the conflict and the good acting. Because mm-hmm. even though I like that scene with Alan is totally like horrible to me. Because mm-hmm. William Russell. Yeah, he does a great job. Like they're acting really well. Um, so I feel like if you can go into this and not think about it, I think you'll enjoy the episode a lot. Um, because I think it is an enjoyable episode, even though we've been pretty negative on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes. I think it's enjoyable. I think it's fun to watch. It's just like thinking about it afterwards, like a- after every scene, I was like, okay, what did I think about that scene? I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold the phone. This yeah. could have been solved in 10 different ways by now. And I know it's all build up for a payoff next week. 
right? Mm-hmm. But like, not much of one. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. I don't know. It's like it's like you know when they're like it's bad writing if the whole conflict can be resolved if the characters just can talk to each other for five minutes. Yes. It's probably also bad writing when the characters do talk to each other but refuse to, to help in any way, shape, or form. Right. It's like this isn't real conflict. This is no. this is fake conflict. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's totally contrived. Like, yeah. I just really wish, like, man, I wish Corey had thrown something in his dad's face. <laughs> I really do. Oh, like, not something literally. Yeah, not something literally. Just like, just like you made a choice. Now go live your choice. Uh, and, and or you, I told you it was gonna be hard. And he's just like telling me it's not gonna be hard. Isn't anything specific, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? What does that just re- d- dissolve you of responsibility for being a poor guide? Like, what is hard? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, again, that's just like a very ill-defined thing. Marriage yeah. is gonna be hard. What do you mean? Yeah. Because at least the way marriage being hard is depicted here is not my lived experience and probably not the lived experience of many people. It's hard in a lot of other ways. Yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, it's sweet in a lot of ways. Why is it never like marriage is hard, but it's really sweet and there's lots of good things that come out of it. Yeah. Um, There doesn't seem to be that discussion either. It's just like, it's hard, period. End of discussion. Yeah. I think we'll get more of that discussion next week, but... Maybe, but at this point, I'm kind of like, do I even trust them to have that discussion? Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and yeah, so Corey goes back to the apartment. He's defeated, but he brings a sunflower. Yeah, he brings a sunflower to like brighten Topanga's day. A sunflower, she... a symbol of loyalty. Oh, is it? That's what they. That's what they symbolize. Which, oh. so I don't think I'm sure that's not what they were going for. But I like that as a visual. Of like I'm yeah. committed to you even in the midst of this hellhole that we live in. It's really funny because sunflowers aren't actually flowers. They grow the petals to attract bees to pollinate them, even though they're more of a grain. Makes sense. So they're loyal. Other flowers, but they're, they're deceitful tra- loyal. <laughs> Deceitfully loyal. Topanga makes them a sandwich. Yeah, Topanga makes them a sandwich. It makes him a turkey sandwich. Tuna. Tuna. Tuna fish. Because they're poor. They can't afford turkey chance. That's true. It's so true. You're so right. Um, and they, and Corey says, I love you a lot. You know that? And she's like, yeah. And that's the end of the episode. It felt very Star Wars. I love you a lot. I know. I know mm-hmm. you do. Not, I love you too, Corey. Yeah. It, it's a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like the conversation should be like, Hey, everyone in our lives sucks, and we need to get better friends. <laughs> uh-huh. What are your parents up to? <laughs> Do you think your dad could come and help us? Yeah, like, like something. But does your dad this... know how to fix a sink and would be willing to come help out? But I guess it's a sweet moment. Whatever. Whatever. Um, but that's the episode. Then there's the tag at the end, which is just some bloopers of the kid saying, "I see dead people." Yeah. And then I didn't even watch watching. the whole thing. To get through it. Me neither. I was like, okay, it, I know where this is. It, I, it, yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, it's just because it's Michael Jacob's son. That's why we're getting more screen time from him. Exactly. But there it is. There it is. Uh, an enjoyable, incredibly problematic episode. It's an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Yeah. This is maybe one of the first episodes where they say the name 
of the episode in the show. Yeah, it's true. Because the honeymoon is over. <laughs> I know we didn't talk about it in much detail, but I think I felt like there was just so much to talk about. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's like the scene by scene, joke by joke. Oh, the the Dom triplets end up uh, not being with Jack and Eric. Yeah. Eric, Jack and Eric try to find a third to date them, and it turns out that they found triplets, and the Dom triplets drop them for the new triplets. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. What do you expect? Um, and they just, Rachel laughs at them because he was, they were bragging to Rachel that they have three of them when then before there was just one of Rachel. Um, and then she just laughs at them after the, they lose the girls. I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Weirdly, the third Dom triplet is the MVP. What? what? I said the third Dom triplet is the MVP. But... Uh-huh. Yes, Pamela Dom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're the best Dom triplets I know. Their, their three names are Jean. Claude and Van. Oh, Jean Claude Van Dom triplets. <laughs> um, um, I guess ratings. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a five. Really? Okay, interesting. I was expecting to give it worse. Okay. Um, gosh, it's so hard. It's so hard because, like, like I said, I want to divorce myself and give it like an eight point five. Uh huh. Like that's what I want to do because, like, I feel like. No one should be watching this show this way. Like, the way we are watching it isn't how it was meant to be consumed. <laughs> you mean thinking about it for two seconds? Yeah. In this case? Um, however, obviously I can't. Like, all I've talked about is my problem with the premise. So I, I guess I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Because I think the acting is good. Like, I think, like, I like that it's an episode full of jokes and conflict. Like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I complained about this entire episode, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, I would probably watch it again. Yeah. Maybe in the lead up to next week when we watch the second part, I'll watch the first part again, mm-hmm. get mad at Alan some more, and then he makes some reasonable points in the next episode. <laughs> I'm excited for you and I, and I think it's more important than ever that we binge watch the show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for us to do that and just kind of experience the show as like a show. Yeah. Not as a masterwork of American television. Cause it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I still really like it. I mean, I'm having, I still like the show. I don't hate Boy Meets World. No, no, I do. And, and like, I like thinking back, I think we have enjoyed some things more and enjoyed some things less because of the way we're watching it. And the discourse we're giving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just watching it as a show again is going to give us like a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for us to start that project soon. Yes. So who, I've been thinking, racking my brain, who is the MVP? I honestly feel like it has to be Corey. Perhaps. I don't, I don't really have anyone else. I think it probably Penga. does too. Yeah. Penga is just such a non-presence. Yeah, and, and, and she's really just so passive. And it's kind of a bummer because she's never been passive. Uh-huh. It's just like things are happening to her. Normally, you know, she's buck up buckers. Um, well, not normally. She hasn't been that in a while. But, you know, she would do something. Yeah, make a list. just like everything is terrible. Um, and I'm just going to complain do. about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's got to be Corey. He's active. I mean, I feel like Ben Savage does a good job in a lot of time, a lot of areas. 
Mm-hmm. It was either him or Michael Jacobs' son. He's the next best. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I might give it to Rachel. <laughs> She's pretty funny. I'd I laugh and laugh and laugh. I love to count them. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. <laughs> Jack's abs. Jack's abs. The dirt on Jack's abs. I, I, it's got to be Corey, I feel like. It is Corey. I already, I already wrote it down. We give Boy, our serious answers and then we just joke a little bit. That's the Boy meets the slums. Boy meets the slums. Boy meets wall salad. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. there's, there's a joke where Topanga says, someone got shot in our apartment over a salad and the remains are still on the wall. The guy or the salad? I don't know, but I ate it anyway. <laughs> I really don't want to know. Really? <laughs> really? Topanga, you're a sad sack of humanity right now. Actually, I'm saying really like the people around her. Like they hear that and they're not like, like, let us come over there with you immediately. Yes, this is a problem. (laughs) You've resorted to possibly cannibalism or eating a week's old salad. Several weeks old salad, I would assume. You will either get E. coli or I don't know what exactly happens. This is the second episode in a row that deals with cannibalism. Is this becoming a trend? Do we have to worry about next week? Uh, season seven is the cannibalism era. Who knew? I just wasn't expecting it. What an interesting through line. What an interesting something. Just wasn't expecting that. Oh boy. Well, there it is. There it is. We did Another it. Another episode done. We did. Another episode in the bag. One we really should have done as a two-parter. But I had enough to say about this episode. Yeah, I apparently we had plenty to say. Yeah. I think you come back next week for more of the same. Yeah, I don't know. Next week, we, we've said all of this. You know, we don't ever like to repeat ourselves on this show. So, onward and upward, as they say. I am surprised Sean didn't take the main character role of their struggle. Uh-huh. We just see Sean fixing the apartment. He takes it apart. I was, I was more thinking, like, everything we see is a side scene, and we focus on Sean thinking, like, man, my life's come a long way. And Sean's having imposter syndrome while they... Uh-huh. Actually, I think that kind of happens next week. Yeah, we'll just we'll have to see what happens. I don't remember much about the episode. Yeah, because I really thought this episode and next episode were all one thing. Yeah, I started to think that way too. So I I, I'm interested to see what we spend all our time on next week. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Um, uh, we want to say a big congratulations to Majin Silva. Uh, for being in a, a wrestling match. Yeah, that's a very exciting. Yeah, I don't know anything about anything, so tweet at us and tell us more about it. Yes, he did um, talk a little bit about it. He did. He said it's going to be, it could be a, a Rumble, a Battle Royale, or a multi-man tag match. I know what um, two of those, or I can assume what two of those things are. I don't know exactly what a Rumble is, but is that just a one-on-one? I don't know. Maybe, it, I, when I think Rumble, I think gangs. Me, well, me too, now that I've read um, The Outsiders, where that's just how they refer to all of their fights as a rumble. So Majin Silva, don't get stabbed um, by any of them. Don't let anybody yeah. stab you. If anyone pulls well, out a sword, West Side Story back away. style rumble, don't, don't get out of step. Which kind of rumble? A West Side, a West Story? Side Story rumble. Yeah, don't do that. Um, uh, Hi-Fi Mike said it's likely some Ohioans eat people. So... <laughs> Thanks, Mike. It's good to know. Um, I, I know I made a joke about Akron, but I don't. I don't remember what it was. Um, where Where is 
Gimli MB. That'd be Mom Manitoba. This is Canadian wrestling. So I'm just going to take everything I know about American wrestling and throw it out the window. Because I assume it's very different in Canada. And I mean that in the best way. It's probably much better. It's true. Guys, if you go see Majin Silva wrestle in, in Gimli. Again, Canada. lived 20 miles away from Canada. doesn't exist. But whatever. Have fun at your imaginary wrestling match. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for him. It's really cool. Um, and, it's going to be uh, recorded in some way because I'd like to watch that. Yeah, if it's if there's a recording, send it, and we'll do a mini segment on the episode about it. I don't see um, anything on the the um, what would you call this a title card, the poster, the poster? The promotion, um, whatever. Though, very intimidated. There are two guys on here, three guys on here wearing masks. There's a man dressed as a pirate. I love this. That guy kind of looks like John Cena. I'm sure that's a vibe he's going for. <laughs> that's that's definitely the vibe. Um, and then uh, a tweet that literally kept me kind of cackling um, for a while is uh, Trenton uh, said, I should have listened to Chance and not Googled that. <laughs> I told you not to Google Uki. Cameron didn't Google Uki. He I didn't Google, Google it. I refused to. I listened to Chance. Just, man, it's not a good thing to know. It's not. Even now, I think to myself, I wish I didn't know that. I just, I'm good. I'm good out here. <laughs> Bask in your ignorance and enjoy it. It's not ignorance. like one of those things. It's not like one of those things that you're like, oh, this will like, I can use this as a funny thing at a at a party. No, every you can't. Everyone's gonna look at you like you're a psycho for knowing this information. Okay, so Trenton, listen to us. <laughs> I, I, I cackled for a good long while because I was not kidding. Do not Google Uki. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. We're just saying it. And may we never um, say the word again. I, I can't guarantee that. Okay. That's true. Sometimes I'll sing the Adams Family theme song to myself, and I believe that word is in there. Oh, it might be. Mysterious and spooky. They're all together. Uki. Does that oh, put a sinister no. tone to the song? It might actually. <laughs> <laughs> It might. Okay. Well, you heard it here in a second. Don't Google that. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) It's it's both a Y instead of an I. So maybe. Okay. Don't Google it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, But Uh that tweet made me laugh quite a bit. And I'm glad I get to share this burden of knowledge with at least one person. I'm sure he's not the only one. He's he's the one who told us. Um, yeah, uh, they interacted with us at uh, bgworldfever at gmail dot com. Actually, no, they didn't. That's our email address. They did it on Twitter <laughs> at bgworldfever, uh, and you can too. Yeah, it's easy at bgworldfever uh, on Twitter and Instagram. bgworldfever gmail dot com. Um, inst- yeah, on Instagram, I'm over there. Mm-hmm. Just mostly posting them. The episodes are out, but I try to be fun with it. You do. You do a great job. I've been trying that. If you haven't read the episode descriptions, especially for season seven, uh, on your podcatcher of choice, I suggest that you do that. I've been putting a lot of effort into them. Um, I, I'm so curious what you'll do for this next one. I don't know. Sometimes it just comes to me in a fever dream, so we'll just see. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wake know what up. To do. 
I have to, I have to write something. <laughs> Hamburgers. <laughs> it's all so clear to me now. <laughs> um, who knows? It might include some instructions on how to fix pipes. That's a better one for next week. Yeah. Oh, did you not read the ones that I just wrote? Uh, I think I did. The ones about uh, ethical travel? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was saying that the pipes fixing would be better next week. Maybe something about landlord responsibilities. No, would that's be better. True. What to do if you live in a slum? <laughs> what are your what, rights what are, as a renter? Yeah, what are your lights, rights as a tenant in a college dorm? Got to be something. Um, but I think at this time, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here, Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.